0: Hello, and welcome back to the West Bank Bible Church podcast. Today's an exciting day. We're going to start into Daniel. Wow. And we have a lot of lessons to cover, and uh, we're really looking forward to doing this with you. Uh, But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1, 9, as may or may not be necessary.
1: Father, thank you for the opportunity to teach about old Daniel himself, and uh, thank you for First John 1, 9, we know who's going to teach us, it's God the Holy Spirit, because we're going to maintain our position of being filled with the Spirit, a phenomena that occurs when we name our sin back to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What follows represents chapter 1 and the unedited lecture notes regarding uh, the book of Daniel. Please feel free to reproduce all or part for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Introduction. As the book of Daniel opens, the northern kingdom of Israel, referred to in scripture as consisting of Israel and Samaria, was already under the sixth cycle of discipline. It had been destroyed as a nation in 721 BC by the Assyrians. You'll find a map located on our website which I think will be very helpful of Israel and Judah and the major cities lying therein. At the same time, the southern kingdom of Israel known as Judah Went under the fourth cycle. For many years, the little kingdom of Judah was controlled first by the Egyptians and finally by the Babylonians. The fourth cycle is characterized by extreme economic adversities as well as strong influences by foreign powers and military. In particular, um, this is described in verses 23 through 26. In Leviticus chapter 26, we find Israel was warned of a series of progressive national disciplines because of their negative volition to God's word. You can go to your scripture and read the definition of the cycles. While some semblance of national sovereignty remained, the ever-widening influence of invaders was felt in all areas of life, In 625 BC, Nebopolassar, an interloper, not of royal blood, suddenly appeared out of nowhere. He organized his scattered forces and took over what became Babylon, which was then under Assyrian rule. When Nebopolassar... Organized Babylon, the Assyrians declared war on him. With the help of the Medes, Assyria was conquered in 612 BC. The disappearance of the Assyrian people will always remain a unique and striking phenomenon. In ancient history, no other land seems to have been sacked, enslaved, and pillaged as completely as Assyria, unless it is Israel. Assyrian, or I better say Assyria, a nation which had existed 2,000 years, lost its independent character. Assyria was the nation assigned to Jonah. You'll remember we taught Jonah and why he went there and what he did there. As a result of Jonah's work in Nineveh, Assyria was revived as a client nation to God soon becoming a dominant empire ruling much of the known world the evangelization of syria by jonah took place in circa 800 bc assyria remained a client nation until it was defeated by babylon Assyria as a client nation to God was used to discipline the northern kingdom of Israel in 721 B.C. It was a devastating military defeat for Israel. Several years later, Egypt, as the hopeful heir to the Assyrian Empire, challenged Babylon at the Battle of Carchemish, a coalition of Assyrians and Egyptians were thoroughly defeated by Nebuchadnezzar, also called Nebuchadnezzar, son of Nebopolassar. Babylon, fresh off their defeat of the Assyrians, which was an Egyptian coalition, decided to attack Judah. After routing the Egyptians, they pursued them as far as Israel. Following a domatic, domatic, excuse me a demonic sign, Nebuchadnezzar elected to halt his pursuit and attack Judah his eye was particularly set on the beautiful city of jerusalem the king's signs were first of all he got his spear and tossed it in the air which way it landed and pointed he thought well that's where i'm to go but i better make sure and so he had a statue with the palace He spun the statue around in which way the palace pointed. That's the way he thought he would go. And so he did. He went to the beautiful city of Jerusalem and uh, did great damage. This would be the first of three major attacks on Jerusalem and the first of three major deportations of Jews. In 606 B.C., the Holy City would be besieged for the first time. On this occasion, Daniel and some 69 other young boys were taken into captivity. David, you want to take over and say what happened in the
0: city? Be happy to. Top of page four, if you're following along, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of maps uh, that we've gone past that are in the outline uh, that show give a lot of information. Six point one: the city, however, was not demolished, and King Jehoiakim was left on the throne. Only part of Judah's wealth was confiscated. Daniel and his cohorts were taken to Babylon as hostages. In five ninety seven B.C., there was a second invasion and a siege of Jerusalem. At that time, the prophet Ezekiel, and King Jehoiakim, also called in Scripture, you say Coniah, 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 were numbered among the captives taken to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem a third time. In 586 BC, after a siege of 18 months, the city and temple of Solomon were completely destroyed and a third deportation took place. This was the beginning of the last cycle of discipline for Judah. The cycle falling on God's people because of their failure to heed his word. This last cycle would last for 70 years. The 70-year captivity was predicted both as to nature and duration by the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 11 and 12. And they read, And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. And it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans, and will make it perpetual desolations. Nebuchadnezzar took the cream of the crop from Judah in 606 BC. The four most prominent, from a biblical perspective, were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In 597, the very prominent prophet Ezekiel and many others were taken. And in 586, only the least of the least were left in a desolate land. In scripture, three Babylonian kings are mentioned. So how did they rise to the throne? And were there interlopers in between? The three mentioned in the Old Testament are Nebuchadnezzar, Amel Marduk called evil Marduk in 1 Kings 52, verse 31, and Belshazzar, Babylon will suffer defeat at the hands of the Medo-Persians just after Daniel interprets the writing on the wall, a preview of coming attractions. Our story begins in Judah, where a prophet by the name of Jeremiah has been warning all who would listen of God's discipline to come. The discipline, said the prophet, was to be a direct result of Judah's adultery. Daniel is a book about a teenage boy who was carried away to Babylon where he would spend the rest of his life. He would live an exemplary life of service to God. Let's take a look at the chart below and if you're following along the outline, you can do that. If you aren't following along the outline, it goes through who the leaders or the rulers of the Chaldean Empire are. And you can take a look back at that at your leisure. In Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 13 through 20, Daniel is recognized in Scripture as one of God's three most respected men. That'll start with Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 13, and go through verse 20. Here we go.
1: Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out mine hand upon it, and will break the staff of the bread thereof, and will send famine upon it, and will cut off man and beast from it. Though these Three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it. They would, or excuse me, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land, and they spoil the land so that it be desolate that no man may pass through because of the beasts. Though these three men were in it as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver their son, neither sons nor daughters. They only shall be delivered But the land shall be desolate. Or, if I bring a sword upon that land and say, Sword, go through the land so that I cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but only shall be delivered themselves. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury upon it in blood to cut off from it man and beast. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall neither son nor daughter, they shall but deliver their own soul by their righteousness. With such a testimony, how could anyone not want to
0: know more about this prophet named Daniel? All right, that's the end of lesson one of Daniel. We have 162 or 161 to go. These lessons... Uh, are all put together on the front page of westbankbiblechurch.com. Uh, and you can see it down there is the Doctrine of Daniel. Uh, if you want to get ahead or uh, print it out or whatever you'd like to do with it, but it's all there to reference. And of course, from this first lesson, we had a number of charts and maps uh, that are very interesting and give you more perspective. Like I said, when we started, I'm really excited to get started with this. Uh, And we look forward to doing it again with you next week. And we'll be on uh, lesson two. Uh, This lesson one was a short one. Lesson two is going to be a little bit longer. Uh, But just feel free uh, to get in there and start looking ahead as well. Pastor Merrick, could you close us in a prayer? Sure. Father, we are
1: privileged again to uh, teach the word and to reveal the mysteries of Daniel and, uh frankly, the various predicaments that he goes through are kind of beyond uh, imagination as to how anyone could withstand what he did indeed go through at the hands of various kings. So, uh, Guide us and direct us as we lay the plan for the full study of the book of Daniel. And David, if there's somebody out there who has not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, tell them how they can become a member of God's forever
0: family. Well, you'd already kind of said it, Pastor Merritt. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Thank you for being here. Until next time, so long.